welcome everybody to a special edition of Cold Brew Podcast. I have with me today Amanda Bear Lecter from Instagram fame, an old friend of the show, friend of mine, friend of ours, and she is a big scream queen. That what I'm saying is she loves scary movies, and we both have that in common. We have two things in common: scary movies and beer. And once again, we combine both of them for you in this special podcast where we go over the new movie, the latest movie in the Exorcist series, Exorcist Believer. And we go through, we give our opinion, we touch on the past um, sequels and prequels for the Exorcist, including Exorcist 2, uh, Exorcist 3. I, well, part 2 is called the uh, Exorcist to the heretic and then exorcist the exorcist three then we also talk about um dominion and exorcist beginnings and then of course we wrap it up all at the very end with believer once again and we look forward to the next one um right now the working title is deceiver so we go through all of those having fun um cracking each other up and you know, just uh, giving our opinions. This is fun. Uh, the spoiler alert: there are spoilers in this episode. So if you have not seen Exorcist Believer or any of the other Exorcists, that's okay. All you really need to see is the first one, and we do go over that a little bit during the show. Um, don't forget to follow us on Instagram, uh, Cold Brew Podcast, and she is Amanda Amanda Bear underscore Lecter on Instagram. And then also on, shoot, I, I forgot my normal plugs, Untapped, Untapped. Uh, you can follow Cold Brew Podcast on Untapped. And we have our weekly show every Friday, Sorcerer Chromatic and I, he's my brother. Uh, we talk about beer and we talk about uh, the beer world and news and then also some fun facts and, uh, you know, pop culture references and sports and I got to say, we, uh, we've been doing it for, shit, like uh, almost eight years now. Um, we are on our eighth year. Um, episode uh, 459 uh, just came out. We're almost on 460. Just about, you know, about another, I don't know, three quarters of a year. It's about another nine months, and we'll be at show number 500. Who would have fucking thought it? Dunk it. All right, so without further ado, here's Amanda and I talking about The Exorcist. Yeah, so oh, ex- something weird. We're recording. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we should have waited and, and did like a pre-production just so we know what we're doing in this thing. <laughs> right. Yeah. Should have just just a little chat first. Yeah. Uh, oh well, we'll just wing it like we always do. Yeah. Yeah. We we're pretty good at that, or at least I think we're pretty good at that. I so. think so too. The last time we did something was for was it Llama Palooza? Yeah. Yeah. It was that. Or Lamageddon. 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 Yeah, that's what it was. I was like, it's been a while. Yeah. That was that yeah. was great. I, sh- I showed my daughter that movie. She thought it was weird. So ridiculous. Have you seen um, Slother House? <laughs> no, I've never even heard of it. Okay, it, it's exactly what it sounds like. It's a slasher film starring a sloth. Oh, great. So it takes forever. Yeah, well, you'd think that, but not really. Um, yeah, I won't spoil it for you. It's very, very funny. It's a very, very well done 
Okay. Uh, funny, like campy horror comedy. Yeah, very campy, ri- absolutely ridiculous. So you should uh, check that one out. I think it. I think it might be available like on demand now or something. Okay. Or it might be on Shutter even. But uh, it had like a very limited theater run of like a couple of days in very limited theaters. So I was pretty lucky I actually got to see it. But did, did you see it in IMAX? <laughs> no, oh, okay. it would have been amazing in IMAX. <laughs> I wish it was like that campy uh, 3D. I wish it had been a 3D because that would have been like the best. But yeah, uh, you know, I miss those old 3D days, the terrible 3D red blue glasses. Yeah. Okay, so why can't I see you? Why can I only see your avatar? Really? Um, how, do I, how do I fix that? Can you see me? Yes, I can. Okay. Uh, hold on, let me look. I mean, it's it's not a huge deal I, if I can't see you. It's just easier to talk to you if I can see you. I look really, like, pale, too. What the hell? Um, I mean, it's spooky season, so I figured you were just getting into it. <laughs> Hold on, let me uh, let me see what's going on here. Um, I don't know. Can you see me now? I, I can see myself. No, I can. No, I can still only see your avatar. But I mean, we can just go for it. Maybe it's something on my end. Maybe I need to click something. What is together mode? Uh, that's uh, side by side, I believe. Let me click that. No, that's just gonna oh, put no, my that's avatar. giving me something. That's giving me something else. Oh, okay. Uh, click on view, and then um, and click on show me on the call screen, and then both of us will pop up. Okay, let's see. But I don't know why my my camera's on. I can see me. I don't want to see me. <laughs> How do I turn myself <laughs> off? I know. Like, how do I turn off my screen and only show you? See, now it has us both stacked, but it's still only showing me your avatar. So right. I don't know. I'm going to the the camera. Hold on. Yeah, FaceTime. My camera's on. I don't know how to. Hold on. I'm just gonna crack open a beer here. <laughs> I, I turn my camera off and turn it back on. Oh, there you are. Oh, okay, good. Yeah, I got you now. Right on. What are you drinking right now? Um, I just opened uh it's digital black oh, from nice. East City Brewing. It's their double dry hopped hazy IPA. So I'm going hard this morning. <laughs> well, I got a hazy IPA as well. This one is uh called nine eight eight. It's uh it uh what's the word? It not pro- I guess promotes, but also it donates to the Suicide and Crisis Lifeline. Oh, that's really cool. Where's it, that from? Um, well, this uh, one was brewed by Dark Sky Brewing out of Flagstaff, but it's a, a, an initiative started by Oso Brewing out of Phoenix, and they started it like, I know, five or six years ago, and every year oh, cool. around this time, because I think October 11th is Mental Health Awareness Day or something like that. Yeah, it is. It is. And so, yeah, so they... they put it out about this time um i think it's always a different beer every year this time it's a hazy ipa um hopped with strata and idaho hops so that's really cool i love beers that support a good cause as well so oh yeah all right so let me pour mine now we're uh we're talking about the exorcist here we're gonna kind of span the whole series 
um, kind of sum up a bunch of the, you know, the old ones and then talk about the new mm-hmm. one a little bit. Um, what, what was your first initial uh, reaction or feelings about the the new one, Exorcist Believer? Um, you know, I think that this movie is getting a lot of hate online and on on TikTok and on Rotten Tomatoes. But I didn't think it was like worth all of this hate. Like I actually, I enjoyed it. It was pretty entertaining. I have some issues with it. I yeah. have some nitpicks. No, so do I. So do I. I liked but, it too. Um, I, I didn't I, think it was awful. Like everybody's nope. saying this is like the worst horror movie they've ever seen. And I think they're overreacting. No, I got all sorts of feels from it. I felt, you know, I got scared, jump scared, you know, creeped out. Um, even like, uh, uh, um, well, with the um, some of the uh, some of the old uh, coming back, uh, bringing back the old you know uh, character, mm-hmm. and some of those feels and the because uh, um, I ever since I've been a parent, every time they do some like uh, you know um, parent kid type interactions, it, it hits me di- yeah. a little bit differently. So yeah, I sure. um, I had I got you know a little emotional in some parts, and it was. It was. It took me for a ride. I was widely entertained. This is the uh, sequel that the original deserved. Yeah, I think so. And I think if I hadn't gone through the steps of rewatching all of the movies, mm-hmm. that I might not have appreciated this one as much because I kind of forgot how bad <laughs> uh, the, sec- the uh, heretic. Yeah. And what is the title of the third one? Uh, just Exorcist Three. Exorcist, just Exorcist three. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I had forgotten. Like, oh man, I don't know what I kind of romanticized those in my head or something because I thought they were much better movies than they actually are. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, so the rewatch uh, made me appreciate this movie even more. I think. Um, I think there are too many people in this movie. Okay. Yeah. Um... The cast of this movie is way too large for you to get any sort of character development. For all of the characters, yeah, I think the the the, the dad and the daughter was was the mm-hmm. main the main relationship, and they probably just should have stuck with that. I don't know. Angela and I can't remember what the dad's name in the Angela and is it David? I can't remember. No. I can't remember what the dad's name I, is. I, I just keep coming um, up with Aaron Burr. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, you have like. They're the main characters, so obviously we get the most character development for them. Mm-hmm. But then we have the we add this second girl in there who's also possessed, and she's the friend. And then we have her parents and her siblings, and their priest from their church, and then the priest from the Catholic church, and then the root worker, and then the neighbor. <laughs> and you know, I think like. I understand what they were trying to do with that, mm-hmm. you know, because um, the face of religion has very much changed in the United States since the original movie came out where, you know, uh, it was more traditional. Like there was a, there were a lot more people who were Catholic or identified as very specific uh, types of Christian. And now there are a lot of people who are just spiritual or atheist or, you know, I think like mm-hmm. the largest growing group or fastest growing group of people in the United States are people who just identify as like non-religious, but spiritual in some way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So no, I get that. 
I get what they were trying to do there, but I think there were just too many people to sort of explore that fully. Like this movie needed another hour if they were going to fully delve into all that. And I, the Ellen Bernstein's character, um, spoiler alert, we're going to have a lot of spoilers here. So if you haven't seen it, you might want to wait. Um, so Ellen Bernstein comes back as Chris McNeil and she starts talking about, she wrote a book, uh, you know, in the, in this timeline, she wrote a book after the first episode or the first, uh, um, movie. Right. Yeah. And she said that she delved into, um, exorcism rituals from other religions, Muslim and, and whatnot. But then they never really explored that either. I kind of wanted them to talk or show like what that meant. Um, like, yeah. What, what kind of rituals they do. I'm sure like uh, they were in Haiti. I'm like, I'm waiting for some voodoo stuff to happen too. I thought the root lady was going to be voodoo, but it turns out yeah. she was just a different branch of Christianity. Yeah. I, you know, that was, they didn't really explain what root work is. And too, I yeah. had to go like really look things up cause I didn't want to get that wrong yeah. or like misunderstand what it was. But I, they did do like, I, I guess that was a voodoo blessing or something that she got on the baby before the earthquake happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, her husband asks her, he's like, oh, you believe in all this stuff? And she's like, well, yeah. And then they go into the Christian church and they sit down and he's going to take photos or whatever. Yeah. And we just, we, we're just getting like a lot of mixed religious imagery and not really like explaining any one thing very well. Yeah. And what, where did the, 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 what do you call it? The, um, the voodoo blessing come in. Like, I thought that was going to play a part later on, but it never really did. Yeah. I thought that she was, they were going to tie that back in, you Mm -hmm. know, at the end where like, you know, the demon couldn't fully take hold of her or something, you know, I thought they were going to bring that back, but they didn't really, bring that back so it just this movie felt like there were a lot of loose threads yeah true but overall i mean i I was very pleased with the movie i I liked it um i did like the reveal at the end when the uh the demon speaking through uh the daughter oh by the way that the dad's name was victor victor there we go victor um but when his daughter um angela uh the demon speaking through angela um revealed that he actually chose for the wife to survive and not her. I'm like, Oh shit, yeah. that fucking, that hit me hard. I'm like, Oh, I didn't even expect that. I thought I yeah, love that part. Yeah, that, and that was like, that was really sad. Too. Yeah. Oh, that's a, one that's of the a really sad. Yeah. That's one of the parts that got me emotional. I was like, Oh fuck. Yeah. Yeah. Really, really sad. I think honestly, I thought this was going to be way worse mm-hmm. in terms of imagery and what they did. Um, so I went to see the the original. They had the 50th anniversary showing of it, you know, in, in theaters like a couple weeks ago, and okay. and I I did go to see that, and so it, it was fresh in my mind going to see this one, and um, I thought it was this one felt kind of toned down as far as the language and the like gross, creepy demons sexual content they're like oh no we can't do we're not doing that we cannot do that and you know where the uh demon as reagan is like constantly saying sexual things to the priests and you know (laughs) 
yeah. everything. And they're, you know, the, and that is very problematic. <laughs> and it's yeah. like, oh, God, this is awful. Uh, well, so, we, yeah, obviously they weren't going to do that. <laughs> when, when I was reading on the history of, of The Exorcist, I mean, they actually asked Linda Blair if she knew what masturbating was. And she's like, oh, you mean jerking off? <laughs> it's like she knew like yeah. it wasn't a big deal to her. But like she was 12. Like who asked that of a 12 year old? Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it was yeah, 70, then, 1973, right? Right. 1973. Yeah. So so obviously they left some of that out. But I thought some of the scenes were going to be worse. Mm-hmm. Like the scene with the other little girl. What is her name? Catherine? Yeah, Catherine. Uh, in the church. I thought her outburst in the church was going to be way worse than it was. And that scene made me feel so tense, just like mm-hmm. sweating and tense because you it's so unpredictable and there's all these people around and you don't know how they're going to react and you don't know what she's going to do. Yeah, I thought she was going to um, call out somebody for, you know, transgressions and stuff like that and just make it yeah, really awkward. Yeah, I definitely thought that's where that was going. And with her father... Her dad was like, he was the weakest link character. Yeah. You know, there always has to be one, you know, mm-hmm. and he, he was the weakest link character in this, which plays into the ending. Right. But I thought that there was also going to be some sort of implied sexual abuse by some him. Revelation, yeah. yeah. Because, because just because of the things he kept saying about being weak and his sin, making him weak and stuff like that. I thought that that's where that was going, but there was never any. I don't know if that's what was intended, mm-hmm. yeah, it or been. not. I don't know if I was supposed to read that into it or not. Yeah, I was waiting for the the payoff on that. Just a, it maybe just one or two lines or uh, a discussion between him and the wife at some point. Yeah, something or like, oh, maybe he had an affair or you know something yeah. or him to get called out by the demon for mm-hmm. some. You know, I thought he was going to get called out by the demon as his daughter and that just didn't that just never occurred so it, I don't it know. could have it could be on the cutting room floor though as well yeah uh, yeah that's true I, I wonder if there will be like an extended director's cut of this mm-hmm. movie i think it's not doing well uh, yeah that's that's odd to me yeah when i went when i went um i granted i saw it on imax because it was just a timing it's not like i wanted to see it in imax it was just a timing thing and there was like maybe 15 people in the theater and and I don't get it. I, I thought it was good. I, but at the same time with the whole writer strike, they really did uh, put the, yeah, that put the uh, kibosh on a lot of promoting. Mm-hmm. So, and then it was supposed to come out on the 13th and they had to move it because Taylor Swift's movies coming out on the 13th. <laughs> right. No, they, they really did. That's, that's, that is true. A lot of movies or a that's couple hilarious. movies got, got switched because they don't want to go up against Taylor. Right, that's fair. That's yeah. valid. I wouldn't want to go up against Taylor Swift either. But yeah, I, I don't know if it would have done better on the 13th because of the whole, you know, spooky October 13th or Friday the 13th deal. Yeah, I don't, you know, I don't know. Um, I think that I think that people maybe are, because there are a lot of horror movies out right now. There are, yes. Yeah. I know the new Saw movie's doing really well. I saw it. It's, it's gory, though, and it's kind of boring in the beginning. It's more like a is drama. It, I haven't seen it yet. I have, like, a whole different rant about the Saw franchise. <laughs> <laughs> it's not for this podcast. It's for a different one, I guess, because I have a whole 
list of issues like with those. And I did a whole watch through of those last year because I'd never seen them all. Mm -hmm. And I was straight up not having a good time. So yeah, one, one was great. One was fucking perfect. And then that's where it needed to stop. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Right. And James Wan is a genius because then after that he went to Insidious and then he went to mm-hmm. The Conjuring and then like I mean now he's directing yeah. Aquaman. I saw the preview. I'm like, holy shit, James Wan is directing Aquaman. Yeah, it's just so it's like <laughs> such a switch up for him. But I, you know, I'm here for it. Good for him. But yeah, yeah I think that as far as um, this movie goes, like the thing, the other thing people are complaining a lot about is the pacing of the movie. There being was really slow, and then The Exorcism being really short. But yeah. that's exactly on par. If this is a reboot and it's intended as a three film reboot of the original Exorcist trilogy, mm-hmm. then that was, I feel like the pacing was spot on because yes. the pacing is exactly like the original. The Exorcism is the smallest part of the first or the yeah. original film. The it's first, the smallest part. It doesn't even last that long. Yeah. The, the first. Like 30 minutes, 25, 30 minutes of the movie is just drags and it's like boring. And it doesn't really start until Reagan uh, pees on the carpet during the the party. Yeah. And otherwise, it's like, man, like it was torturous. Like I started jumping on my phone, you know, fucking around on my phone when I was watching it because I watch it at home. And I was okay. so did you watch the original cut or the director's cut no i watched the original cut i couldn't find the director's cut um i found the original cut uh original cut for free so that's why i went with that yeah i think honestly i prefer the original cut to the director's cut i saw the director's cut in the theater yeah and the only thing about that so funny story so the first time i saw the director's cut i'd only ever seen the original cut and i went with my brother to see it in the theater for a different anniversary this was more than 10 years ago Mm -hmm. um for whichever anniversary of The Exorcist it was where they were showing it in theaters. And we went, and I had never seen the scene where Reagan crawls backwards down the stairs. Oh, yeah, the spider crawl scene? Yeah, the spider crawl scene. I had never seen that because that's in the director's cut, not Mm -hmm. in the original cut of the film. Right. And I came all the way out of my chair. Like, (laughs) (laughs) I was so unprepared for that because it's a movie I'd seen a million times and you know, they, they cut in the little flashes of uh, Zuzu's face mm-hmm. in the director's cut, but that wasn't that scary. It was just like, oh, okay, that's different. But when she crawls backwards down the stairs, like, I jumped up out of my seat. I was, like, shocked. Like, I almost ran out. Like, I was just stunned. I was like, ah, okay, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, the people in the theater were laughing at me because they were like, okay, that bitch is scared. <laughs> like, yes. I am scared. <laughs> there's that scene, and then there's the the scene where the the blood squirting out of the needle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's that like shooting out of her neck. Yeah, that that's what people said. Yeah, people said that that was the most disturbing scene out of the whole movie. A lot of people did back in the seventies. Yeah, more so than the crucifix scene or the the spider cross scene. I went back and I I read a, like a lot of stuff on like Jack Nicholson was slated to be pl- uh, playing. Oh it. yeah. And that would have been a very different movie, I think. Yeah. If he had been in it. I think it was good. I, I like the relatively unknowns. Even though Max von Sydow had been around in a while. Um he was played he played Father Marin. Um <clears throat> using uh, uh what's his name? Wilson or I forgot his name, but his father Karis. Um Jason Miller. That's it. Jason, Jason Miller. Jason Miller. 
I thought he was good too. Um, yeah. It, yeah. That, but as far as like just tying that back into Believer, I think that like the pacing is spot on with the mm-hmm. original movie. So I think if people have a problem with the pacing, maybe they need to go back and like check out the original source material because it's pretty close. There were some scenes, like especially with uh, Chris McNeil kind of explaining everything, that went really quick. It was like more like, here, let me tell you what the 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 movie was saying. Let me tell you what you need to know rather than showing us what we needed to know. But then again, like you said, pacing, they, they really had to speed it up right there. And there was a couple other scenes that were very um, heavy-handed as far as the narrative was without having a narrator involved, which I didn't care for personally, but they really needed it because they needed to get that thing going. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's like okay, we got to we got to pick this up a little bit. Um how did you feel about bringing the original characters in for like I almost felt like it was kind of a cheesy cameo type situation, like there was no reason for her to really be there. Mhm. Like it was a gimmick. Yeah, and there was definitely no reason for the end scene where Linda Blair comes in other than just like the wholesome moment of Hey, got back together with my mom. Yeah, yeah. I, I think they did that on purpose because of the whole, you know, the the creepiness of the movie itself. And then you, they wanted people to feel good at the end. And it was a really good feel good moment. I feel like it's the movie, the movie house. So, you know, the, the producers wanted that. Yeah, I don't want to feel good at the end of the horror movie. I don't want to feel good. <laughs> right. No, I, especially if it's going to be a trilogy. <laughs> Wait till the very end of the trilogy to make us feel good. Right. Yeah. It's like, let's feel good at the very end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Can you believe this was uh, produced by Danny McBride? That is so weird, right? <laughs> yes. I was like, I was shocked. I saw his name. I'm like, wait a minute. And I had to look it up. I'm like, holy shit. First off, good for him. Because I do like him as an actor. Now he's, you know, making some money off movies. And I don't know why this... Uh, yeah, I looked up on Friday. It made $11 million. I don't know what it made on Saturday or Sunday. They haven't posted yeah. those numbers yet. But yeah. they... I mean, I honestly, I do hope it does well enough to go ahead and, like, kick off the actual trilogy that was planned because mm-hmm. I do want to see where they're going to go next with the story. Um, you what? know, the Exorcist, the Heretic follows uh, Reagan into the next film are we going to follow Angela into the next film or are we going to get a different story? Yeah. Let's, let's talk about heretic for a second. (laughs) Oh man. This movie is a mess. The best part of this movie is the tap dancing. Yeah. And she's supposed to be 16 and she's got no bra on that. Like I saw that immediately way that they just sexualized the Mm -hmm. hell out of Linda Blair in this movie is so it's looking cringe. back, this is like very cringe worthy. It's like, yeah. Oh wow. This is inappropriate. I thought so too. That was the first thing that stuck out. I'm like, should I even be watching this? Um, yeah, yeah. It, it really, it really stands out. It feels very, very inappropriate. Right. And then the, the whole weird thing where she's in a, um, she's at a psychiatrist's office. Does she work there too? I, I don't understand the whole thing. Like I know she's, and what kind of psychiatry office is that? It looks like a house of mirrors or a, like yeah. a newspaper like editing room. Yeah, they have room. these glass offices. And that's not even mentioning like the really bizarre, um, what did they call it? The synchronizer or something? Yeah. What was it called? I was going to mention that. The synchronizer that, yeah. where you can like synchronize brain waves. And I know that sort of uh, like 
psychic ability and, and uh, telekinesis and things were like super hot topics at that time. You know, there were so many books that included that, like um, Stephen King had it in a bunch of his books, you know, Firestarter. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, yeah. there, people were kind of obsessed with that, like powers of the human mind um, type of thing. So I understand why they did that. But I feel like it would have been a better movie had they just stuck with uh, real science (laughs) (laughs) instead of trying to make this like, now we can go back and see Reagan's dreams. Or how about, yeah, how about just another possession of some kind? It doesn't have to be Reagan. It could have been one of the little kids in the psychiatric ward. Yeah, yeah. They they could have gone anywhere with that. That was the direction that they chose. And... Um, and then they have her living with a caregiver instead of with her mom, and they don't explain why um, she wasn't in the film. Uh, they uh, one sentence is like your mom's out, like filming something or something like that. She's got to do acting, so you're here <laughs> living in the psych ward. <laughs> right in the back in the backstory or the 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 real world, she just didn't want to be in a part of the film. She was just like, nope, don't want to do it. Yeah. And honestly, you can't say I blame her because it was not a good yeah. script. But, yeah, I mean, you look at the the cast, everyone who's in it. I mean, you have Linda Blair coming back. And then you have Richard Burton, who was big at the mm-hmm. time. Um, That's true. Yeah, yeah. And Louise Fletcher just won an Academy Award for One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest mm-hmm. as Nurse Ratchet. Max von Sydow comes back. Kitty Wynn comes back. She's the caretaker. And James Earl Jones and Ned Beatty. I'm like, okay, fucking sign me up. Let me, let's go watch this. But then you see what yeah. they, the travesty that unfolded. You're like, what the fuck? Is, what are they doing in Africa? There were so many. I mean, problematic is not a strong enough word for like the scenes in Africa and and what they did with that. Like it, it was just. And also, they didn't really make it make sense. Mm-hmm. So you you have to go look up, and I can't imagine at the time this movie came out trying to go look up Pazuzu and figure out what was going on in this movie since there was no Google. Um, yeah, but Pazuzu, <laughs> if I had to go to the library and look up Pazuzu, I never would. Right. Yeah, Pazuzu was, but, but Pazuzu was like what Babylonian or Mesopotamian or something like that. Yeah, and so you know the, he's like, oh, he's like a wind god, and then they have this other opposing. Uh, I could get my notes and look at this, but I'm not gonna. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I like I wrote all this down because I was being so nitpicky with this movie too. I was like <laughs> writing everything. I have so many angry notes about this movie. <laughs> but yeah, so he's like, uh, you know, god of the wind mm-hmm. and, or demon of the wind or whatever, like in control of the wind. And yeah, then you have this like uh, little thing where they're like now we're back in the past and yeah yeah. and then the dream world and richard burton trying to climb a cliff was fucking hilarious (laughs) i'm like this guy is totally on a lift he's not even trying he's got no upper body strength and he's climbing up a rope oh my god (laughs) that was so great you're like guys this is not believable at all at all oh shit and i think they actually filmed that like uh horizontally you know like he's just on the ground pulling himself on like a cart oh, like, like a wheel cart thing, like batman you know? yeah so <laughs> i believe it and yeah i think that's what it was but yeah just but, just, ter- just terrible just and, terrible 
when I first heard the, because they don't say Pazuzu in the first one, then they say it in the second one a lot, and it reminds me of a Treehouse of Horror on The Simpsons where they do where they spoof The Exorcist and they give Maggie a, a idol of Pazuzu, and then um, it, it and Lisa goes, "Oh, you're the god of the South West Winds. You're not even good enough to be the god of the South Wind or the West Wind." <laughs> making fun of the directional, right? Just making fun of the demon. And there's a quote from there's a Futurama episode that uses Pazuzu as well. And oh, really? He's like the uh, professor's gargoyle that sits outside the mm. office, but also the professor's pet, and he runs away. So through the entire movie, I just kept going Pazuzu because <laughs> I had like that Futurama episode. I'm a huge Futurama fan, so it was just in my head the whole time. Yeah, but I, yeah. I, I've watched a lot of the old ones, but I haven't seen any of the newer ones. So I, I got, I, I do love the, the humor. They're pretty it. good. They're pretty good. They are. They're they're still funny, and they're more topical, you know, mm-hmm. to things that are going on now. But what? what yeah. Did was there even a, a possession in Exorcist: The Heretic? No, no. They showed us like previous possessions. They yeah. showed us like. Okay, here is your your backstory and stuff. It's like where they were going with that. But yeah, they showed there wasn't like yeah. It was like, oh well now we're just using psychiatry. We're using this crazy brain synchronizer thing to mm-hmm. like make people believe that possession is real. I don't know. I don't know. It was terrible. Yeah, and then there was the POV of the locust. You're flying around as a locust. It's like this is garbage. Oh, that I think that was probably at the time, super innovative film mm. work could be, but it's so bad. <laughs> it doesn't. It didn't hold up well. No, yeah. it didn't. So um, bad. But then we go to Exorcist Three, which was not a bad movie. That one is so much better. Yeah. Um, I was really like, it's okay. So there were a lot of things that I didn't remember about this movie. One of them being. It's just how many, like, kind of anti-Semitic jokes there are in this yeah, movie. Yeah, there are a lot. I was, like, I was like, okay, so we jumped from being shitty about Africa to being shitty about Jewish people. This is not good. Um, I think if they, and they don't add anything to the plot, so I think you could do a cut of this movie where you just, like, redub over all of that in, in, as something else. Mm-hmm. and Or just cut those lines. Like the the crazy uh, mom or whoever it is, um, mother in law who just. Oh, that's right. But aren't they? I think they aren't they Jewish though. Yeah, but she says the dumbest shit, and it's like, uh, ma'am, please do not. And you know, yeah, I think. But if you just dubbed over those lines as some other joke, it wouldn't make any difference to the film, and it would. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> it would make it easier to watch in uh, modern context. And George C. Scott, Scott, like, yelling every third line really is off-putting. Yeah, that's very weird. He, he, (laughs) like, like, turns it up to 11. very weird choice. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, "Mm, we need you to bring it down a notch. Pounding the table. And then he sees that old lady, the the one with the telephone or the radio. And and she goes, oh, you have a nice, you have a nice face. Or you have a kind face. Like, he just yelled at the nurse, like, in the other room. (laughs) Yeah. Um, yeah, it's like, no, no, he doesn't. Yeah. No, he's the worst. But yeah, that movie is probably, um, I mean, it's way better than Heretic, mm-hmm. for sure. 
And there's an actual possession. They bring uh, Father Karras back. Well, his persona, I guess it's Zombie Karras. Uh, yeah, it's like d- Zombie Demon Karras is back. But the Brad, Brad Dorif as the Gemini killer, was, he was really good. I liked yeah. his. Yeah, he was really good. And But I did think that was sort of a weird, it, it's a very weird tie-in mm-hmm. of being like, hey guys, we're doing Zodiac, but we're not going to say Zodiac. <laughs> right. <laughs> We're going to say the Gemini killer. And yeah, but th- yeah. that movie, it's much but like much more fleshed out as far as like the plot goes. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot easier to follow. Yep. Heretic, you kind of lose what the plot of the movie is about a third of the way through. Yeah. And it's just confusing. But this this one you can actually follow in a more linear sense. Right. You get a little more about what Pazuzu is and yeah, well they, they brought back William Peter Blatty. That's why uh, he wrote the first one and he wrote and directed part three. So it was, it was a little bit um, more in tune with uh, the first one. Cause the second one was just out of yeah. sorts. They could have done away yeah. with it. Yeah. So what did you think of the ending of the third one? Um, I thought it was okay. Uh, I would have preferred had, um, Maybe, I don't know, I guess they, what I read later is they, they had to add an exorcism in, into it. You know, they had to have the priest there and all that. I think they, yeah. they might've been able to do it without a priest. Um, and just, uh, had, um, what's the name? Lieutenant, um, God dang it. What is the name? Uh, Lieutenant Kinnerman. Um, yeah. I was like, I'm so bad with names. I should that's be why referring I've, to That's those. why I wrote them all uh, down. <laughs> um, they, they could have had him try to like appeal to the good side, to the father, rather than doing yeah. an exorcism and then have him be able to come out and fight from within. That might have been kind of fucking cool. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, the the studio made them add that in there, right? That yeah. wasn't originally in there. And yeah. So it, it I feel like it did feel kinda out of place, but and then even I'll... with that, it's still way better, way better than the second one. Yeah. And uh, all the lightning bolts that went through the floor, I, I, I didn't understand why they had to do that. Oh, yeah. I think they just wanted to use that effect, honestly. <laughs> I really think that's what it was. It's like, we know how to do a really cool special effect. <laughs> Let's Check use this it. out. Just find a way to use it. You know, I can picture the director being like, just find a way to use it. Figure right. it out. We already and, you know, paid so for just, it. Yeah. Yeah. So they just <laughs> tack it on in there. But, you know, so having those three... I kind of wish that I had watched the two prequels. Mm-hmm. I, I wish that I never watched the two prequels. Oh, okay. I mean, <laughs> they were not good. But I wish that I had watched one of the two prequels before, like, The Exorcist, so I was seeing it in timeline order, mm. not in release order, which is how I, I did watch them in release order. So The idea of... Of a prequel to see how Father Marin gained his chops is great. I thought that was a, a good concept, but the way yeah, they executed it was could bad. have been very cool, but unfortunately it wasn't, and they did it twice. Yeah, well, they did it. Yeah, they did it once, and then redid <laughs> the first once, and then they re-released the first time, or released the first one. Released the first, yeah, that whole thing. And I, I read about it. I went and read like why, why did they do this? Because mm-hmm. I had no idea that this happened. Um, I, mean, I hadn't seen, yeah, I hadn't seen these. 
I was expecting two completely different movies. Mm-hmm. So when I watched, uh, I watched the beginning and then watched Dominion. Or maybe I have that backwards. But <laughs> whichever one I watched first, I was like, okay, this is fine. It's the one that opens with them, like, the scene with, at, like, all of the soldiers on Upside Down Crosses. Oh, that was that was Dominion. Okay, so I watched that one first. And, like, they're swooping in and... I was like, okay, this movie is is really weird and and bad. And then I put the next one on, and I was so confused as to why it was the same movie but slightly different. Mm-hmm. Because I thought it was going to be another like continuation of that prequel storyline, but it was just the same movie again. Yeah, and I'm sure you read that they actually shot the movie. The studio wanted to redo some parts, and then the director that they got who was Rennie Harlan who's famed for doing all sorts of stuff he actually ended up convincing the theater the movie house to let him actually almost pr- entirely reshoot the movie yeah which is insane yeah and it was it was that was the um the exorcist the beginning because that was the one that came out first right the beginning yeah and then they ended up uh tanking in the box office because they spent 50 million dollars and they made 78 so it didn't it didn't do as well as the first one, but it didn't lose money. Um, but since it did so bad that first few uh, months, they ended up um, re- uh, having uh, Paul Schrader, who's a good director in his own. He wrote Taxi Driver. Um, mm-hmm. He had, They had him um, finish up his movie. They gave him like $30,000 to finish up his movie. And then he put his out, which also tanked too in the box office. Because I think it just everyone was confused. That was in 2004, 2005. I can only imagine. So, like, the only thing that these movies are good for at this point is just, like, a film studies class mm-hmm. showing you how big a difference uh, a different director can make. That's a good point. That is really like, a good point. <laughs> that's the only thing these movies are good for. These are great for film studies classes, I think. And this- it's just such a weird situation. Like, when has this ever happened where you had the same basically the same movie made twice you yeah. know yeah the uh, both of those um, just got a little weird and off the rails and very confusing yeah and again back in africa for some fucking reason um yeah they they couldn't have i don't know they it was just odd and then i forgot which one I, i'm so confused i know one had um was that one that he had the idol and then all of a sudden he just lost it he put it down on the ground and then it got blown over by sand he couldn't find it anymore it's like what you, it's you just, just gone. Went, now it's gone to the, for the ages. Yeah, it's like you just lost your priceless artifact. I don't think so. <laughs> Shit. Must be Satan. Oh my god. It didn't yeah. Then the other I one, hate when I put something down and Satan steals it. That's just <laughs> the worst. Uh the one with uh, um God, where's oh Cheche. That oh, was Oh yeah. That was Dominion. I thought that was going somewhere and then he turns out just to be a beautiful bald man like right it right it's so confusing like they take this kid and they put this makeup on him to like uh emphasize his cheekbones or like they tried to make him they're like we're gonna make this like conventionally attractive person look unattractive so Uh that we can take all that off and make him attractive later. It's like, she's all that, but with (laughs) demons, they're like, take his glasses off and now he's hot. Like, whoa. Yeah, it's just so weird. 
Yeah, it is. And then he's all half naked at the end. And it's just. Yeah. And he delivers this like speech that doesn't seem to make sense in the context of the movie where he's like, I am perfection. And I'm like, I don't know where this is going. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And he he does that demon face for a second. And it's so bad. (laughs) Yeah. I I love when they try to do like the cut ins of the demon face. I feel like every time they do that in any of these movies, they should just use the original ones that were used in the director's cut of the original. Mm-hmm. They shouldn't be trying to remake the demon face because they did it way worse. Mm-hmm. They were like demon face, but soft focus and still attractive. <laughs> Make it soft focus. Yeah. Right. It it didn't. Those movies were a hot mess. Yeah. They, um, yeah, I, I and according to my numbers, uh, the original the box office for Dominion was only two hundred fifty one thousand dollars. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Dang. Yeah. Everyone's just like, nope, don't want it. See ya. But, like, nope, I already saw it. But I thought it was the better of the two. I did too. Actually, I thought that was the better of the two movies as mm-hmm. well. So, but I, you can't just like remake the same movie and release it. Well, it was less than a year mm-hmm. between the two. So, yeah, that's just... I'm going to start doing that with popular movies. I'm just going to remake uh, Barbie and oh. release it, like, right after, you know. Or just, like, find a movie that's coming out, remake it, and release it right after and just see what happens. You know, I, I may have <laughs> I may have mixed up the the two with the, uh, the, the intro because the one from... Shoot. Now I'm totally confused. Which was the one where they're in the Danish village, uh, or Danish or Dutch village, when they had the uh, the the Germans? Um, the guy said, oh, "You know, yeah, because we didn't talk about the Nazis." Yeah, and then, but then they then like later on in the movie, it was like uh, the Father Marin's second chance of doing the right thing. Remember? Yeah, the, the, um, that was Dominion. That was Dominion. Okay, then he actually yeah. took action when when the uh, um, the British officer killed the little girl, right? Yeah, yeah. So he kills the little African girl, and then he actually stands up. So that whole thing, um, I thought that was actually a good part of his backstory. Mm-hmm. That shows you how he got to like where he is and and what his moral compass is and mm-hmm. and why he feels so guilty and conflicted because they don't really make you think that he feels super guilty because a girl died during an exorcism that he did one time. Right. It doesn't make sense. And so when they give you that backstory of, oh, he had to choose who lived and who died and it was an awful thing that happened to him, that kind of. Gives you a little more context for who he is. Yeah. But it still felt out of place somehow in this movie. Yeah. I mean, it's not an exorcism device. Yeah. Yeah. So it still felt out of place. It's like, okay, well, now we know who he is as a person and why he does what he does. But it would have made more sense had that come out during an exorcism Mm-hmm. You know, right? Like again, things a demon could use against you in an exorcism—that, <laughs> <You know? laughs> like, right? But it never comes up. Yeah, the demon just—the demon's just like, you know what? We're gonna leave the Nazi stuff alone. I watched an online review of this, and the guy had made a good point. Like, it would have been a great movie had they said this 
they, had they not titled it Exorcist. Yeah. And and not have any of the Exorcist characters, change the characters' names, and then just put it out as a movie, it would have been a good movie. Then no one would have yeah. uh, judged it as, uh, you know, in the lens of the Exorcist. Yeah. And I, I think that, yeah, that's that's spot on because a lot of the problem of the movie is that it doesn't make sense in the context of, um, like, the Exorcist universe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it doesn't make sense as, like, an Exorcist movie. And I think that's probably the whole point of these new ones is they want to reestablish and take back the universe of the Exorcist so that it's more um, in line with the first one and, and worthy of the first one. Yeah. Ne- it's never going to be the same. We, yeah, it's never going to be the same. You, you'll never get that original like shock value ever again. Mm-mm. Um. Yeah. Yeah, and it was very much a product of of the time it was created in, and you know, you you can't replicate those things. Um, but I mean, I did think that Believer did a good job as far as uh, a reboot for the series that makes sense in twenty twenty three. Yes, yeah, totally. Because if they had chosen to do just a catholic story i don't think it's as like it wouldn't have felt as modern you know it wouldn't have felt as current Mm -hmm. if they had chosen to just do a catholic priest and do the same and we've seen that we've seen it we've seen it so many times in so many other movies so at least it was a new approach um, I just wish there had been more context and character development for everybody's individual spirituality in this and showing you, like, well, I don't know what the rites of exorcism are in a Pentecostal church. Yeah. Which I'm assuming that the guy, the neighbor guy, was he Pentecostal? I, that was know, all very unclear. I Yeah, I, I don't know. I know that um, it the church scene... I was like, okay, I thought it was a Catholic church, but then why is the the priest or the reverend or whoever's up there, why pastor, why is why isn't he in the vestments? Why is he in a suit? So, and, okay, so I think that Catherine's family um was Presbyterian. And they, that's my guess. I don't know a whole lot. So somebody's gonna come in your comment section and rip me apart here, but that's fine. They can because I will admit that I don't know. I'm Catholic and I'm not very good at it. Um same. <laughs> So, so that's the one that I do have context for. That's mm-hmm. the one that I do understand. But I think that Catherine's family was Presbyterian, question mark. And then you have Anne, who was like the nun that never was. Yeah. And then she went into, you know, a scientific field. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have the root worker who like, okay, so there's a lot that I don't understand about that. And... Um, I watched a lot of TikToks, which is not the way to learn about things. So I probably <laughs> understand it less than after I watched the movie. And then I think the neighbor who was the boxer, mm-hmm. the only thing I can think is that he was Pentecostal, but open to other religious Beliefs. practices. Yeah. Yeah. Because like the only reason that I think he was Pentecostal is uh, Victor. There's one line where he says, we kind of get freaked out when people start speaking in tongues. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a Pentecostal thing. Okay. All right. And then the tambourine, I think that, um, so I'm sure somebody will come in and correct me if that's wrong. Uh, I like that they had the Catholic church not sanction the exorcism. Yes. That was good. Cause I think that's what would happen. Right. Yeah. Yeah. 
And the but to that point, the priest still stayed outside, was praying, you know, trying to you know wish well. And then when when Victor went out, and said, "Hey, the fight's in there." I thought that was kind of funny. Um, Nobody yelled, "Don't touch them." Uh, later, I, not, not in the so, beginning. So I think like they were saying, "Don't oh, don't oh. touch the girls." Like the root worker said, "Don't oh, touch them." After yeah. we start, don't touch the girls. Like don't touch them. And so the Catholic priest comes in, and I I started to get a little mad. I started yeah. to get a little mad inside when he actually comes in, and I'm like, "Oh, okay, Mister Big Shot over here thinks he's gonna come in and just fucking fix everything." You know, I and, I, I, I equated it to when uh, Gandalf showed up in Lord of the Rings at the in the deep. <laughs> <laughs> like, I was like, "Yes, the hero comes to save the, the day. hero is here, <laughs> the Catholic priest." But you know, because I didn't, I felt like I didn't want. Uh, Catholicism to be painted as like the superior exorcist religion, you oh, know. That's a I, good point. I, I was like immediately kind of irritated with that, and then um, he puts his hands on their foreheads, mm-hmm. and he's doing the reading the rites, and nobody is like, "Hey, maybe you shouldn't be touching them." Hey, don't touch them. They, nobody they, in the room, and nobody touched them in the first one. They don't touch Reagan, right? Yeah. So. Yeah, so that was a little uh, that was a little annoying that nobody was like, "Hey, bro, you might not want to." And then, you know, he dies a horrific death. Hey, hey they brought back the turning the neck around thing. That's true. That's true. <laughs> that's and, the way you know, I saw that, it. Yeah, that was good. But uh, the fact that they brought him in just to kill him off, he was like, "Okay, not important." <laughs> Bye. They brought back the projectile vomiting. Mm-hmm. Yep, she, even though good. she threw up into the air. Yeah, but it was, still, it was still the projectile vomiting, which I'm here for. Yeah. And they had her, the one girl, like, throw up some kind of, regurgitate some kind of a scary black mass onto the floor. Uh, like a tumor or an owl pellet or something? Yeah, which is, yeah, it looked like an owl pellet. It really did, <laughs> which is something I didn't fully understand. No, nope, me neither. But it looked cool, so I was fine with it. I was like, okay. Yeah. And then uh, to your point, the dad choosing his daughter over the other one. I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. that's not going to fucking end well. But then they yeah. did the switcheroo on us. Mm-hmm. They pulled the yeah, whole switcheroo. You know, yeah, because, you know, the devil is a liar and they always say that. Yeah. And the first, you know, throughout the series, that's the thing that, that is consistent is that they say, you know, don't listen to what the demon says. The demon's a liar. The demon will lie to you. Yeah. Deceiver, um, right? Yeah. So I think that it makes me kind of sad that they use this girl as like a plot device <laughs> to save the other girl. Um, I kind of wish that they had saved both girls. Me too. I was hoping that for that. That was the thing that I was hoping for. Um, I think they, they went all in on this idea that uh, we all had to work together and all of these uh, different religions worked side by side to and friends to create a community. So, you know, we're not just relying on the power of God. We're relying on like the power of our relationships and yeah. um, community the power of community. Um, I liked that aspect Same. of it. I thought that was, that was pretty cool. Like a um, more relatable way to deal with that than just having it be about religion yeah, and God. But 
I just wish that we had managed to like they had given us a way to save both girls. It, it I don't like know. They were, like, is she going to be the demon in the next one now? You know, is that going to come back? It looked like they were trying to, or or at least the the mom and the dad. And let's talk about Jennifer Nettles was really good. I'm like, whoa, Sugarland. <laughs> yeah, yes I, yes. I didn't know it was her. Like, but I saw her name in the end credits. Like, we stayed just in case there was something. Um, mm-hmm. and, and during mid credits, but we didn't stay till the end. And then I saw her name. I'm like, where have I fucking heard that name from? And I had to look it up. I'm like, oh shit, Sugarland. Uh, she was awesome. Yeah, she was really good in it. She was really, really scary. She yeah. was really scary in this. <laughs> she but, did a good job. But they they wanted the, both Victor and I can't think of her character's name. But the mom wanted both their their kids. They were strong. They were the strong ones. And then the dad comes in and you know punts everything. Right. <laughs> but he blew it. Let, let me ask he you this because they didn't really show. Their, um, the girls um, doing the the ritual um, and what's her name couldn't bring her mom's scarf Angela couldn't bring her mom's scarf but mm-hmm. Catherine bought those shoes whose shoes were those who was she trying to contact they never got into that yeah. they never told us and that's one of those like loose threads of character development that was really confusing because they never told us who she I was like assuming she was trying to contact a lost sibling yeah or cousin so, or... yeah because oh. I kind of thought oh maybe this has something to do with the dad and why the yes. dad is yes. like so messed up is like uh-huh. maybe they lost like she lost an older sister or something you know she lost an older sibling and then that that's why the the dad is the yeah. way he is yeah maybe he but they never told us Maybe he was reckless or or careless, and end up she got kidnapped, or maybe in a drunk driver yeah. hit her or something, or yeah, something. I think something happened there. So I don't know. Um, hopefully, if we are getting a second installment, they actually flesh that out for us. If these characters are involved, you know, in the second installment in any way, hopefully, I think when we get some context for that. There, there um, is, they already have a plan to, to come out. So there is a, there, the third one is to be determined. It's going to be called Exorcist Deceiver, the second one. And comes, uh, out, comes out next May, I believe. Oh, cool. Okay, so maybe we will get uh, Catherine as like the uh, demonic force mm. or the face of the demonic force right. in the next one. Or um, we'll get some kind of backstory for that because they didn't give us anything. And I did like, though, that instead of a Ouija board, they used a pendulum. So they used they chose a different medium of. Conveyance. Yeah. So communication. They chose a different medium of like how these girls got possessed, like. But I'm, I'm out in unfam- the woods, dicking with the devil, and got possessed <laughs> all the time. I'm unfamiliar with the the pendulum. I I, I equate it with hypnosis more than possession. Is there something I'm missing? Do you know? Um, well, I think, and the, and part of this is like the reason it's so weird is that the Christian girl seemed to know more about uh, this than the girl who wasn't religious at all. Mm-hmm. So why did Catherine know how to use a pendulum to contact the dead? Yeah, true. But she probably saw it on TikTok. But <laughs> <laughs> they could have wrote know, that in there. Like, yeah. Uh, Pendulums are used in like divination and a lot of ghost hunting teams use them to like uh, 
communicate with spirits and stuff. If you've ever watched any like ghost hunting shows, I've seen it, but I, I've never seen the the pendulum used. But I, I don't watch it all the time. So a lot of times, the only thing that they do with it is like they'll draw a circle and have yes on one side and no on the other side, and they'll hold the pendulum or suspend the pendulum with something mm-hmm. um, and watch, ask a question and watch it swing one way or the other. Oh, okay. You know, stuff like that. It's like a very simple device to kind of communicate with spirits. But um, is it kind of like the synchronizer? It's not as good as the synchronizer because you can't <laughs> actually see some inside somebody else's head. Oh, okay. All right. Without the synchronizer. So we have to wait for that to be admitted. What are you drinking? You just opened something else. Yeah. By Jake Wakefield. Uh, they're out of uh, Florida, right? Yeah, Miami, Florida. It's called yep. Heart to mm-hmm. Heart. It's a West Coast IPA. Yeah. And they got little manatees on it. I don't know. There we go. That's actually really cute. That is adorable. <laughs> I love that label art. That is precious. Heart to heart. That's what it's called. <laughs> Precious. I love it. Yeah. But I mean, that's, you know, I'm sure somebody will correct me on my knowledge of the pendulum as well. Cause that's just, you know, from memory and Ooh. from watching dumb ghost hunters shows. So this uh, if re- anybody knows anything about that, they can, they can let me know and I'll correct myself. I'll correct my knowledge. I was not prepared for this beer. This one is, this has got some fruit to it. I don't even know what it is. Um, what I wanted to ask you about was the uh, the score, the score of the movie because oh yeah, I thought that was really cool the way they tied the tubular bells theme yes. in. Yep. To that without just going full on like using <laughs> using the original score. Yeah. Um, yeah, where it starts out slow and in a different key, it almost sounds like it's in a minor key, mm-hmm. and then it it sort of progresses to the point where you can recognize it. But I like that was pretty. I like the instance where they used it, where Victor was starting to come around to believing. Mm-hmm. And that's when they first started like with that little, you know, the essence of yeah. the song. And I'm like, Oh, I, I recognize it right away. Like I got the chills. Like, like I perked up. Yeah. I'm like, Ooh, here we go. I go, like, and there it is. Here we go. Yeah. Now we're in the exorcist. Cause they never used it in the other movies. That's true. Did they not use it in Heretic? I, I do not remember the, them using I it. I don't think they used it in Heretic. They definitely. I thought they used it briefly in the third one, but maybe not. I thought they used it briefly in the third one in the Exorcist scene. I I don't remember them using it. They could have. Maybe they didn't. Maybe they didn't. Maybe that's all in my head. And maybe def- I wanted them to use it. Definitely didn't use it in the <laughs> first did. one, or in the in the yeah. prequels. In the prequels. In they, the prequels, they didn't use it. It was a completely different. Yeah. Kind of almost lackluster score. Yeah, lack thereof, <laughs> yes. Everything about these movies is lackluster. Yeah. But but in this one, when they brought it back, I'm like, oh, that's so fucking awesome. Then they brought it back again. And then of course at the end, during the end credits, they use it again. And it's just it's just it's such an iconic song. Like, why the <laughs> fuck would not you use use it? It's so good. And the way they use it, like you said, it they just use it perfectly. They were subtle, came in, you didn't really notice it unless you're like a, a dork yeah. like me. Yeah, well, it's like they took a page out of the uh, uh, new Star Wars handbook where, you know, they drop in the various characters' theme songs when it's important, mm-hmm. you know, like, when somebody's doing something real dark, you'll get just a little hint of Darth Vader's theme. Yeah, know, the so. march, yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah, I, I thought that was really well done, actually. That was a good element from this. 
the uh, um and then I guess one more thing I wanted to touch on was the ah shoot I knew I should have wrote it down yeah, I thought of it like like five minutes ago when we were talking I'm like oh let me remember to ask her and then I totally forgot is there anything you wanted to bring up I, I kind of been driving this um, whole thing let me think here so I had like I have so many pages of notes that I'm not sure <laughs> like if any of my thoughts are still uh, relevant um. I did think I thought this movie was um, like a like I liked the patchworking of the different religions, but I also don't think that's realistic because I don't think that that uh, Presbyterian uh, priest and the Catholic priest are going to agree to like work side by side with a root worker who is to them that's like pagan mm-hmm. and they're heresy. I think the Catholic priest would be like. You can't fight evil with evil and that's evil. Like, that's paganism. I don't think that that necessarily would have been as friendly an interaction. Um, but and she- I kept looking for the cut-ins. I kept looking for cut-ins of Pazuzu. Mm-hmm. And we didn't get those. But we did get a cut-in of Reagan in yes. the background of one theme. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, we did. That was kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that this movie didn't give us as much of the slow descent into madness as the original because i think there was just time constraints and now you have two girls to show like their descent into like being fully possessed Mm -hmm. um so hopefully if there is a director's cut we get to see a little more of that like what are they going through at home? What are their siblings going through? I want to see furniture flying around the room. Like you walk in um, when Victor goes and discovers like the other girl, Catherine is possessed as well. When he walks into their home, everything is destroyed. Like their house is all torn up. You know, there's like the TVs on the ground. There's papers everywhere. There's clearly been some of that like uh, telekinesis or like throwing things around. But we didn't get to see it, and I want to see it. <laughs> yeah, all we saw was the mom in the kitchen with the other kids, and they're praying. The dad's yeah. way like off on his own, not doing. His, it's like they feel helpless, like they couldn't do right. anything. Yeah. Why then? Why not call someone to help you? Why not call the cops or the psychiatry ward or you know someone? Yeah, and and yeah, you would think like if they're gonna lean heavily into their faith, that that they would have called their church. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and have uh, some of their community. Come yeah. and help them out. Yeah, but yeah, so that yeah that 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 scene really and Victor comes in like you know like what the fuck's going on? Here, I'll take charge. I'll I'll help you guys out. I really right, felt, like he's the proactive one who yeah. is dedicated to figuring this out. Yeah, I didn't like the way that or I didn't like the fact that they uh, um, stabbed um, Chris McNeil's eyes out. I didn't like that at I all. I thought it was that so unnecessary. Yes, right, so exactly, just for no reason. Mm-hmm. Um, I was when that cross fell off the wall i was really afraid that we were getting the like reboot of you know the stabbing scene yeah uh, so was i original. and i'm glad that they didn't do that i was like i don't i can't live through that again i don't want to see it again i don't want to see this and so i'm glad that they didn't do that but i think having her get her eyes stabbed out was just she could have been attacked maybe even stabbed but they end up you know re- resuscitating her and, and saving her that that could have that would have been all right but to poke her eyes out i didn't make any sense yeah and, and it, it, it didn't like 
it didn't add anything to the to the story, kind of like you were saying with yeah. the other ones. Um, it, it could have been an attack, and she could have been in the hospital, maybe, you know, half in, half out, and she could have still yeah. delivered the same lines and with the same um, effect. Yeah, and then what happens? Because the original movie, um, you have the investigator who's trying to investigate the, like, the death of uh, Burt Dennings. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's trying to figure out, like, well, this is mysterious. How did this guy die? And then you have another death. But everything's ambiguous as far as the law is concerned. You know, Mm -hmm. like, everything is kind of like, oh, you know, we can't prove that anything bad happened. But then you have all of these people involved in an exorcism. You have two chairs nailed to the floor with straps on them. So they obviously strapped some kids down. (laughs) Like, they... The police coming into this situation and finding a dead priest with his neck completely fully broken and that these two girls have been strapped to the floor. Like, what happens? Yeah. In a modern context, what happens? You would think that they would arrest the two males because they would have been the only ones strong enough to break a priest's neck. Right. It's like, okay, somebody's going to jail at the end of this movie. Mm -hmm. This is not a happily ever after, oh, sorry, officers, (laughs) exorcism went wrong. Like. This is a true crime podcast waiting to happen. Like, somebody's <laughs> going to jail. You know, and, and when they brought Angela in to the uh, hospital for the second time after she had the seizure and everything, um, I thought they were going to arrest Victor because, like, you know, they see all the cuts and everything on her. and But yeah. then we realized later the the on her back was already slashed, help me. From the the original um, attack or the original um, time that they found the when they finally found the girls, I'm like, oh, okay, that's why because she was already um, she, they already showed her with all the cuts. We didn't see yeah. it, but they already knew that they she had them. I thought they were gonna get him for that and put him. And I'm like, great. Yeah, me too. I was like, okay, here comes social services. But yep. No. Yeah. So they they, they hid that. that from us. They hid a lot of stuff from us on purpose, though, to reveal later on, which I thought was very effective. I thought it was good writing. Yeah, that um, that did like I like having those questions of like where is this going? If we're if we are going into a second movie, I I like having those questions of like where is this going? And mm-hmm. we do have those loose threads. Um, if we don't get the second movie, it's going to be really frustrating. Or if the second movie doesn't answer any of the questions that we have, like. Whose shoes are these? <laughs> I would like to know whose shoes are these. I would like him to explore a little of other types of exorcisms from other cultures. Not just mm-hmm. necessarily religions, but cultures too, like Haitian or, you know, whatever the case might be. Um, yeah. Just because that, that's what they brought up. And someone, I think Chris McNeil also brought up a Muslim exorcism. Like, let's see that. I, I, let's I'm see down. it. I would love to see it. I mm-hmm. would love to know more about that and see it on screen. Um. Yeah, I, I think that would be really, really cool. Like, let's not just do a bunch of different types of Christian stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, let's, if we're going to do it, let's really do it. Like, let's delve into it. And hopefully they research that very well and, and like, get those things, yeah, get those I, things right. I could see Victor, because um, he's a photographer, maybe someone gets him and he goes international and then they can, t- that's how they would tie in with the, the first one. Oh, yeah, that could be. That that would be. A, we should write this movie. We should just go ahead. <laughs> One of these days, you and I are going to write a movie, I think. <laughs> yeah. 
yes, we are going to write a colossal uh, scary movie with uh, horror comedy elements and yes. there will probably be a bunch of stuff that doesn't make sense for no like inside jokes for no reason <laughs> lots of craft beer all over the place right yeah just like craft beer cameos <laughs> with like cans sitting in the background oh there you go i mean we have yeah. a, a like a, a brewery that's um haunted a haunted brewery yes a haunted brewery uh, i know where there is one we can go to i you know it's like i thought i brewed a saison <laughs> well how come this is a lager What's going on here? Where's now the fog? <laughs> I I recently so I went to Ohio recently and I went to uh Mansfield, which is where the Ohio State Reformatory is. Mm. And I did that whole tour and that's where Shawshank was filmed. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. So I like did the Shawshank tour. I got totally Shawshanked. And then <laughs> <laughs> that place is really scary. <laughs> but that's like a conversation for another time but i went to the phoenix brewing which is in uh mansfield like downtown area yeah and it it's in um what was an old mortuary services oh. building and um from like uh 1914 i believe is when it was open and then it was in business for like several years and then the building was uh completely abandoned for like 80 years or so before this brewery took it over and when they were taking it over like when they're renovating they found a bunch of bones in the basement oh and the bones were never identified like you know they went through the whole process the bones were never identified and, and they were buried and um the brewery has a couple of beers they have one called uh john doe one called jane doe and one called wando after the you know it just to honor lager. the bones of the people that were found in like um what is now they have like a little speakeasy area down there um and they they used the uh, service elevator that was used to take the bodies down as like Ooh. their storage this is fucking cool. Like this, this writing. <laughs> and their, their brewing equipment is in what used to be the embalming space. Mm. Yeah. This is so fucking the, awesome. The, it's so cool. And the place is supposed to be super haunted. Everybody that works there has a story or several stories about things that happened to them. Um, there's one ghost that apparently uh, will correct uh, problems in your brewing process for you or will let you know that something isn't right. Huh. <laughs> So, yeah, so it, it is, it's a really, really cool, really, really cool little place. Um, if you ever get the chance, if you're ever just randomly in Ohio, <laughs> <laughs> I was in Ohio last year, actually, I was in Cleveland though. Uh, well, yeah, that's quite a haul. Of yeah. <laughs> so, right. But if you, if you get the chance, go, definitely go up there and check it out. It's really cool. The whole area is really cool. The whole town, a lot of history. That's pretty awesome. All right, Amanda, thank you so much for taking time and talking to me about the uh, talking with me about the exorcist. It's always a pleasure to have you on. Yeah, thank you for having me. It was so great. We haven't done this in a while, so I was really looking forward to it. Me too. All right. Well, thank you so much and cheers. <laughs>